What's the point? With Anna Neal and Dan Chisholm. Welcome to the second episode of What's the Point Music Podcast. Today, we'll be asking the question, what's the point of being an artist? Being an artist is very different from how it was even five years ago. In a market where anyone can release music, there are new challenges. How do you get heard and make a living? And why, if you're not interested in being an entrepreneur, has this become the norm? Our guest for this episode describes her sound as electro-clash pop. I was in loads of magazines, I'd won awards, but I'd spent all my money. The financial aspect of this industry is likely to be the thing that could kill my whole career. The video that's done best for me on TikTok, I was making noodles. I literally was making noodles. (laughs) What's the point? Winner of the Unsigned Music Awards Best Female Solo Act, Alex released her first album at the age of 16, before moving to London from Edinburgh to pursue a full-time career in music. Since then, she's travelled the world, played at festivals as iconic as V Festival, Isle of Wight, South by Southwest and Untold. She's been in the top 10 of the UK Music Week charts and has received rave reviews from the likes of Q Magazine, Pop Justice and Gay Times. Welcome along. It's nice to have you with us. It is one thing to think as an individual that you may have what it takes to be successful. But for you, when did you realise you may be good enough to pursue a career in music? Ooh, I wonder if that actually crossed my mind about whether I was good enough to do it or not. Or whether because when I was six or seven, there's an actual recording of me doing something much like what we're doing today. I made one of my friends. Well, I haven't made you guys do this, but I made one of my friends pretend to be a radio presenter. And I pretended to be some massive artist or whatever. And I went with it. But... I think maybe instead of when did I know I was good enough, it was more when was I brave enough to tell people that this is what I wanted to do? Because I knew from such a young age, but as much as I made my friend do that recording, she was the only friend that knew that this is what I wanted to do. And I didn't tell anyone else until I was about 15. Um, And that was out of necessity, really, because I felt so trapped in school And I just wanted to be doing music. And the only way out was if I explained, look, school's not really going to help me get to where I want to be. I need to be playing music. I need to be out busking on the streets. I need to be doing those things. Um, So I I had to tell my parents that I wanted to do music. And I don't think I necessarily ever knew if I was good enough. It was just like, this was what I felt called to do. And it's what I felt like I needed to do in my whole body it was like this is what you're meant to be doing you do need a a very special element and quality though and that is to have the drive Mm. to see this through because of the obstacles which um, appear in front of you as you try to find your path really yeah I think though I had quite a strong motivation there was a time where I found life really really difficult and the thought of what I could achieve through music and what I could create through music was what pulled me out of a dark time. So it was like I, for many years, if there was a point where I felt like giving up, I I felt like I couldn't do it for the memory of my younger self, for that, that memory of that time when I struggled. I was like, I have to do it for her. So, yeah, I think that's that's what gave me so much determination. 
So you have all this drive, you, you have this dream, you have this ambition. What was your pathway to trying to realise that, that dream? I started off with busking in Edinburgh. We have quite a good busking scene there, especially with the Edinburgh Festival every August. And my brother actually asked me to be involved in a, an event that was going on in, in August during the festival where I think it was pretty much every night he was due to do music um, at this cafe and he invited me to be the singer. I think his singer that he'd originally booked had freaked out. She was like really shy all of a sudden <laughs> and he was like, oh my goodness, who am I going to ask? And then he just asked me and I was like, oh my goodness, this is my chance. <laughs> so that was the start. Um, but then when I, as I said, I, I had to tell my parents that I wanted to do music for real. And um, they said to me, well, you can't just leave school. Like, you have to have a further plan. So you either have to go on to further education or you have to get a job. So I decided to... I went to the career advisor at the school. And Uh-oh. I know... It, Honestly, it, it's not what you expect. It was good. There was this brochure in there and it was for the Academy of Contemporary Music and they had guitars on fire. Like that was their kind of visual. And inside they had these student successes, one of which at the time was Newton Faulkner. Oh, yeah. And he was kind of top of the charts at that moment. And so I was like, oh my goodness, like what is this place? I've got to go there. And I showed it to my mom and my dad and, and they thought it was quite exciting as well so we took a trip down to the academy of contemporary music which i'd mistakenly thought was in leeds which isn't too far from edinburgh but it's in guildford near london which is quite far from edinburgh (laughs) (laughs) so you know um basically i ended up there it's kind of 16 17 living in the ymca dropping out of school before anybody else i was the youngest in the year and all of that stuff and um I just made the most of it because of that, though, I, you know, I was I felt like I had to prove myself. So before I got there, I'd never had singing lessons or anything like that. So before I got there, I thought I needed to do something to to put myself not not above the rest, but just to even come close to what I thought the rest of the people there would be like. So I wrote and recorded an album and I released that. And it turned out when I got there, I was one of very few people that had ever released music and and all that kind of stuff. So I was quite lucky that I had an experience in the real world of the music industry Mm -hmm. in a strange way that a lot of other people hadn't had. So I kind of stood out from the bunch once I was there, which was really, really helpful because when industry came in and stuff like that, I was kind of highlighted by the teachers and stuff there for as someone that needed to be watched out for, I guess. Taking what you've created and you hope is good and then it's suddenly got to be judged, if you mm. like, by people you've got to put it out there at some point. Um, that, it, that must be a real scary thing to go through. Yeah, and I think that that fear of judgment has definitely held me back at points. I mean, when you're writing it, it feels amazing, it feels great. And then when you're recording it, it can feel good. By the time you've gone through the 10th mix and the master, and then three months later you release it, you're like, you know, the, the tension's up in your shoulders <laughs> and you're nervous for it to come out and then it comes out. And and I don't know, sometimes it just, it, it's just so hard to then be the one that also has to send the press releases and things like that and try and say that you're the best 
thing that's ever happened you know you, I, I never feel like I'm the best that's out there so it's uh that bit's really challenging to to promote something once it's out which is so important if you want to do well you know people have to find your music and the only way they'll find it is if you if you talk about it and share it with people it's a lot to think about and and I really enjoy the creative elements of it like some some elements of marketing are super exciting to me but other elements are definitely not <laughs> and, you know just simple things like responding to emails I just don't think that was something I was born to do I was born to do music but <laughs> responding to emails no that's that's not good for me uh so yeah I don't know I it's just a lot of work and you just got to schedule it in and try and be organized and and manage your time but I mean every year I'm looking at time management tips and stuff because it just doesn't come naturally to me so it's interesting to touch on this because you know you, you are an independent artist so mm-hmm. you, you're a solo artist um you have no label affiliation no publishing affiliation is that a conscious choice on your behalf or did you seek to go down that path or or did you sit there and think no you know i i can do this I, I know my way around how to do social media i'm 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 confident i can do this yeah well early days i got offered a publishing deal and I turned it down because everything that I read in the contract, I was like, well, I can do that. I can do that. I can do that. And you're asking me to give up all of my copyright. Like that's got to be worth a lot of money. And I don't, I didn't feel that they were offering enough to get me through a year really. Initially. Yes. I I was kind of consciously like, well, I'm going to do this myself, but it wasn't because I wanted to do it myself. I would much rather have a team doing all these bits for me. But I need the right team. I need the right deal, the right people. And I haven't met that yet, I don't think. So that's, I I do hope to meet that someday, whether (laughs) whether it be a major label or whether it be independent or whether it be some brand or something like that, that that wants to collaborate. I'm so open to all of that, but I just haven't found the right thing. And I think because I'm so busy doing what I do I don't spend much time seeking these people out Mm -hmm. which I often think is something that I should probably work on but I do like focusing on the things that are my strengths I suppose. Do you work with any people at the moment do you have any team members or is it literally just you? Right this moment it's just me I have worked with team members in the past but I think being in lockdown it's been quite nice to just be on my own and (laughs) and not have any distractions if you know what I mean of anybody else's thoughts or or any deadlines from other people it's just my own deadlines and I'm quite enjoying being in control at the moment but we'll see I I have been having a few conversations so things might change soon but I, I don't know the reason I ask is because everything is so you, you do everything so perfectly like your, your website your branding your social media you know Thank you even you. sell your earrings you know I mean <laughs> everything's so well thought out and so well presented it looks like you have a team behind you it looks like you know that you are this very successful yeah. artist strangely that's something that has possibly held me back in some ways because I think Many people in the industry, like, they want to come in and nurture and develop an artist. I'm, the other side of my head is saying, no, 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 there's loads of people that want you to be fully formed and all of this stuff. But there's, 
I think the real go-getters of the industry, they want to feel like they made you. Mm. And and if you've already got this whole brand and this aesthetic, a, a lot of people have said to me they don't know what they could add to it, which is really difficult because presentation's important to me. I'm not going to try and make it look rougher than what I could do. You know, I'm always going to polish it. And uh, yeah, sometimes I wonder if that's actually strangely held me back in some ways and but in the other sense it makes people think that I'm grander in some ways and probably <laughs> makes them buy into me more because it looks flash or whatever but yeah it's, it's a kind of weird conundrum that that has challenged me over the years you're obviously thinking more about the bigger picture than just the music as well because you've got it in especially in the current times we have to think a little bit more creatively about the bigger picture of how you're going to draw people in mm. yeah there's a lot of noise out there at the moment we have a limited number of things that we can do to get seen and heard at the moment and everyone's doing the same thing so to try and stand out above that is it's a real challenge I'm, I'm building a studio at the moment and I'm hoping that that's going to be like my creative space to to stand out I guess in and, and I'll be able to do live streams and all sorts from there but it is a really challenging time in that way and and sometimes a little bit demotivating I think like when you realize that everyone's doing the same thing it's like I've never wanted to do the same thing as everyone so it's like well how do you do it differently it's 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 fun though it's a fun challenge challenges are good you have to manage that direct fan to artist relationship do you find that relationship productive? Is, is it a success for you? Yeah, I think um, it's challenging finding the balance between being a friend with these strangers, essentially, and, you know, trying to get them to buy your music. I, I, I'm not totally sure at the moment. Because I feel like over lockdown, I've become close with quite a number of, of the fans and stuff like that. But... I don't know for sure if they're buying the music. I hope they are. Yeah, yeah it's, it's hard. It, I think the fact that everything relies on Spotify stats now, mm. and, you know, how many streams has your track had? Oh, well, it's had about like 400 yeah. streams. Oh, well, and mine's got 40,000. How did you do that? <laughs> and when people buy your music as well, like in the past, I mean, people still do buy music, but not in the same way. But you knew exactly who your fans were because you were like, right, this person has bought two CDs or three CDs or, or they've bought a t-shirt as well. Whereas now, yeah, you don't know specifically who streamed your song. So, yeah, it's, it's, the metrics are all a little bit confusing. <laughs> <laughs> the whole business of the lockdown period, you've sort of described that as a, a positive thing for yourself. Mm. Um, how has it changed, do you feel, the way you have set about writing as an artist has it made you more reflective in certain ways or has it inspired you in ways perhaps you didn't expect honestly I have not been writing as much as I should be during a period of what everybody seems to have found to be downtime it looks okay I've got a couple of guitars in the background but really I've got Winnie the Pooh blinds in front of me it feels like a little <laughs> cupboard I know right it's just it's just not an inspiring space to be in and because I thought my studio it's we started building it in February and it was meant to be a two to three month job but because of COVID it's dragged on so I, I always thought right I'm gonna be in that studio and as soon as I get in the studio that's my moment I'm gonna spend a month in there and I'm just gonna write 
But honestly, I've written so little during lockdown and I feel I feel a wee bit ashamed about it. But also I've had to try and think of ways to make money. And the other thing is that I love co-writing and the idea of co-writing on a Zoom call just fills me with dread. I did, <laughs> I did it like many years ago and I just swore to myself never again. I just want to wait until it feels right again. I think I would probably write upbeat nonsense at the moment because I feel like that's what people need. (laughs) Um, Although I say that, but the songs that I've been releasing have been very introspective and I've been trying to write more and more personally because those are the songs that affected me when I was young. Like, Like Eminem was a huge inspiration for me when I was younger and he said so many confrontationally deep lyrics I mean some of them were obviously nonsense and shallow and funny but even that's a skill that I'm, I'm trying to develop but yeah I don't know some sometimes right now I think we just need to remind each other to keep dancing you know keep dancing keep moving keep upbeat until the, until we're actually able to meet up and celebrate again I've just got an opening line going through my head here of something really wild. You know, I can envisage you writing something like there's a pandemic going on and I'm staring at my Winnie the Pooh blinds, you know. Uh, it's a hit. Great it's imagery. Hit. It, it doesn't scan very well, but never mind. Anyway, all embryonic ideas. Sorry, Anna. I should be jotting these down. I might have a hit on my hands. I know, I know. I'll, I'll give you 5%. <laughs> so it's interesting that you mentioned the cost of being an artist you know Mm. do you find that there's a tension between that I have to make a living out of this and I want to be this artist yeah yeah there's been and that's been with me for a few years because when about five years ago when I launched as LX I basically got a loan and spent it all in the assumption that, of course, spending this money would mean that I would make loads of money. I was going to be a star. I was going to get signed. I was going to have all this money coming in within a year or maybe two years with this grand master plan that I had. Uh, although, in hindsight, the the grand master plan, the business plan that I kind of had written included all the spending and no sign of actually how that money was going to come in. It was just a fairy tale of well, of course money's going to come in if I've done this and this and this. And that money didn't come in. And I was kind of hit with this dilemma of that everybody thought that I was doing great because I was in loads of magazines, I'd won awards and stuff like that, but I'd spent all my money and I wasn't getting the return. And therefore, I couldn't spend any more money. I couldn't make another flashy video. I mean, even when I say loads of money, it wasn't it wasn't crazy amounts. It was just enough to to make a nice music video or something like that. I, I still couldn't afford loads of stuff. I couldn't afford to do like a, the kind of photo shoots I wanted to do. But um, yeah, then I had to spend kind of a year just trying to make money back from it, so avoiding spending any money at all. And then you do get that money back in and you just reinvest it into your music. And and I'd never seem to take a wage from it. Mm. And that uh, that started to take a toll, especially with me when I was with my with my previous manager and stuff like that. I was like, you've got to help me figure out how to make this work, because 
it was getting to a point where I didn't feel like I was enjoying it. I was, of course, enjoying rehearsals. I was, of course, enjoying being on stage. But I couldn't see how I could go on because I, I had no money. I couldn't, mm. I couldn't do the things I wanted to do. I couldn't collaborate with the people I wanted to p- collaborate with. I couldn't think about releasing music because I would have to strip it back so hard that it didn't feel like me anymore. So, yeah, I, I found the money aspect and, and my self-worth and all of that stuff can be really challenged by the lack of money. I feel like such an independent person, but without making money, it's very difficult to live a completely independent life. And I hate asking people for money. The financial aspect of this industry is likely to be the thing that could kill my whole career because if I can't make money, it just affects me emotionally. How do you feel about the juxtaposition that that puts you in where uh, you know that uh, the majority of the audience these days likes to stream music Mm. for which you're not being rewarded financially as you should be and yet the the reality is that you almost conversely need the opposite you've got to have your music out there and and accept that that's what people are listening to it's it's something's got to give hasn't it yeah I mean logically right now the way that the industry is set up our money comes from exploiting our copyright which is our songs maybe I should just release all of the songs that I've ever written because, you know, at least every song will get at least one stream. So if I was to release a million songs, you know, I've got a million streams there, perhaps. I mean, it might take someone a while to listen to them all. But, <laughs> but yeah, there's that, there's that in my mind. And then, and then, but if you do that, then are you releasing quality or does, does your quality reduce if you release quantity, basically? I think the emphasis probably has to be on trying to sell merch and stuff like that now and, and making interesting and creative merchandise, but that's not music, you know? Mm. It's almost like people forget that making music requires money, mm-hmm. which, you know, you, you know, it's financially expensive to it's, create. It's absurd, and it's not just money, it's the time. It's like, I think I tweeted the other day about how ridiculous... It, ridiculous it is how much money and time goes into releasing one single that sells for 99p you spend days or weeks or months even cramming this song it's all you think about and you make the artwork you make a video there's so much you put in and then it comes out and yeah people could buy it for 99p but they could stream it for 0.001p so they're gonna do that aren't they it's difficult because I, I do the same. I stream all the time. I love I love Spotify. It's like changed the way I listen to music and it has opened up all these artists to me. Uh, but yeah, as, as the creator, I'm definitely getting screwed. <laughs> <laughs> I can I can sympathise. I've just finished producing a single and it's taken me 18 months. <laughs> See? Like, oh my God, it's the first one like, I've... Like for what? For somebody to listen to it a couple of times. I mean, obviously that's not what we want. We want people to fall in love with it the same way we felt when we wrote it and how much it meant to us. We hope it means the same to them. And music is so powerful, but sometimes it's just like, I've done all this work for what? Mm. It's difficult, but then I do kind of hold on to the fact that I really feel like I was meant to do this. 
we project this image of look at us on TikTok we're doing this and it's amazing look at this video and you know and your videos are fantastic you know your output on social media is I don't know where you get the energy from you know to do even (laughs) just I just look at TikTok and sort of just drop my phone in horror and run away you know it's so noisy and I, I don't know whether that helps or that hinders with being an independent artist how do you feel about that your, your engagement with social media oh well it's it's um it's a funny one i was speaking to a manager of probably the most successful pop artist right now from the uk and asking them what do i do the time is now you know i, mm. I want to i'm hungry i want i just can't seem to progress like what do I do and they said to me you need to go on TikTok because TikTok is where you're gonna go viral basically and the reason for them saying that was because even once you're signed or or you have a manager or you have this the biggest challenge for them uh, as the industry business marketing type of people is how they get you out to a mass audience how they make a mass audience fall in love with you And right now, the simplest way of doing that is going on TikTok and having a video go viral because that's, I mean, you're not going to go viral on Instagram very easily these days or even YouTube or Twitter, but TikTok's so new-ish that it opens that opportunity. So I recognized where they were coming from, but this idea that, that you have to be famous before you can be a successful musician is frustrating and and that was something that they even confessed within the conversation they said this girl in Australia she's just had like a gazillion hit she's been signed and she's like got some record deal is probably worth half a million pounds or something like that I know it's I mean there's this girl Lauren Gray she's like one of the biggest TikTok people she got signed at 16 for half a million for the first album she'd not even written a song yet and the next album, oh. she's getting a million or something like that. I mean, it's in some ways, it makes me want to cry. And then in another way, it's such an opportunity. There's two sides to it. It's like, well, if this is the way, if, if I were to put some work into TikTok every day and become super successful, then I'm lucky that, that there's a path that's been handed to me. You know, it's not like... It's not like I can't do it because I can't afford to go on TikTok. Everyone can just join TikTok and make a video. So I'd be stupid not to do it. But it takes so much energy. And this was the other thing they said. They This person that advised me, they said to me, I wouldn't even bother releasing anything this year. Like, just focus on getting your TikTok and your social numbers up because then everything else will come. It's slightly soul-destroying that... It's, it's not about the music, you know. Anybody who wants to take a look at uh, a very creative video, which in, at times is somewhat jaw-dropping, they only need to look at the video for Queen, don't they? Um, I mean, I, was just, I, I just had to stop the video when I looked at this, this particular video and I looked back and I thought, hang on a minute, I did see Claire Balding, <laughs> I did see Rebecca Adlington, I did see Gabby yeah. Logan, and I, and I did see, I think it was Beth Twenty, yeah, but she she's got there. longer hair, I'm not sure. You know, and, and it was just like, and then I'm starting to think, 
myself, but hang on a minute, how did she do all of that? And then it's finding the way to impact people that you're going to have uh, that that response that people are going to want to share it and view it, isn't it? That's the problem, finding the gimmick, if you like. For sure. And it, and it does seem to be about gimmick and novelty. If you actually think about it too hard, then you'll come up with a rubbish idea. It's just the reality. It's just the video that's done best for me on TikTok, I was making noodles. I literally was making noodles. And and I just put some like words on top of it. I was like, I mean, in hindsight, if I was to like uh, do a dissertation about this TikTok video and why it was more successful, it was that it had the relatability. Loads of people... Most people in their lives have had some some chicken noodles, you know. <laughs> Most people have bunged them in the microwave. And so uh, there was that. It had my music in the background. And I was basically saying, you know, I used to eat noodles every day, but now I'm, I'm doing all right. You know, I feel it's good to be me sort of thing. Talking about filming yourself making noodles feels like a mass invasion <laughs> of privacy to me. I mean, I can't cook anyway, but even noodles. But, you know... Do you find that there's a real tension there between almost giving away your soul to this as opposed to putting it where it should be in the music? Yes, yeah, it's, it's really, really confusing to know how much to share and, and what you're happy sharing and and how to keep that mystique and that polished side of it as well. Because I, I like that when I look at artists. I do actually like the polished thing. And there's a pressure at the moment really to be as authentic and you as you can be. And I think that gets twisted, especially like Lady Gaga is a really interesting example because she's pretty out there and she got a lot of criticism as well for being almost too arty. They're like, well, she's not real. Like she always in heels, like that's not, that's not authentic or whatever. But I felt that it was. And when I saw her, I saw her at the Roundhouse once and she took off her wig and her makeup and she was like, look, this is the real me. And I'm like, no, that's not the real you. Like the real you is having all that makeup and having this whole pizzazz. That is what you love. Therefore, that is you. It's difficult though, because in terms of like, if I have to be on social media all the time, like on Instagram stories and all of that stuff, I can't keep up the makeup and and oh, looking, yeah. <laughs> looking a certain way it's it's impossible so I try to look at myself almost like a drag queen like it's just as interesting to see a drag queen as you know a man all disheveled or whatever as it is to see them fully made up and to know that they can be both those people is really exciting so that's what I try to try to present I don't I don't try and like narrow it into okay I'm I'm raw all the time or I'm polished all the time it's like yeah I'm both of these things and you guys need to learn that I can be both of these things talking about noodles and stuff I, I just hungry? went off into a well well <laughs> I am drooling? actually yeah, but, uh, apart from that, uh, well you're not going to believe this but talk, talking about noodles just set me into thinking about Bob Dylan because you know how everybody has been doing these uh, music videos or streams where everybody writes something on a card they don't say anything and artists commonly have the line of the song then they drop that sheet and then the next line of the song appears yeah. and they keep doing that Anna all know this oh God. do they still do alphabet spaghetti for kids <gasps> yeah they do it was amazing when I bought yeah, it yeah because you know you could, you could have an alphabet spaghetti video where you have the lyrics of your song spelt out in spaghetti yeah 
or keywords. No, maybe this is not Do my best idea. Do you want me to idea, mute him? A- I can mute him if you want. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think it definitely works. You could have some sort of stop motion animation of of the spaghetti spaghetti lyrics but i mean do you want to do that for me because i don't i don't think i can be bothered <laughs> oh my god oh. <laughs> well might be tempted to have a go but, you know but, but maybe so we've we talked quite a bit we've mentioned industry quite a lot we've mentioned record deals you know managers do you feel that there is a barrier to you creating and doing what you want to because of the structure the way the music industry works I, I do think it has to be there in, in some capacity. I think that uh, there's no doubt that working as teams, you're going to be more successful than working as an individual. And the idea that you could become an artist that sells out Wembley without a team around you is absurd. It, it's whether the traditional sense of the industry is working for people these days. And I certainly feel like there is a lack of innovation in the music industry, particularly in the UK, that needs to be addressed. I feel like because it was successful for a while, everyone wants to cling on to that model and be like, oh, it worked like this like 10 years ago. So we'll just do it again. It's like, no, the world has completely changed and you need to completely change if you want to fit in it. So it needs some like hungry people to go and like say what about if you did it this way let's do it completely different let's treat it as a new industry because otherwise it's just going to die out trying to do the same things that we've done for years that are kind of failing the problem with an artist like me is probably that I don't fit into the most successful type of playlists that are on Spotify my genre like and creative genres genres that don't quite fit in a box are struggling to break through whereas you know if i was just to put out a a half thought out piano instrumental piece then i could be on all the chill out playlists or if i wrote an acoustic song on guitar then there's loads of chill out playlists like that but the thing is that within those playlists people aren't engaging with the artists i asked a kid the other day she'd been listening to music for for a whole journey, like an hour-long journey. It was like, well, what were you listening to? She didn't have a clue. She was like, oh, it was just some Spotify playlist. I'm like, ah, like, how how is any individual artist on that playlist going to excel if people don't even know what they're listening to? And and I get that too, because I know when I, when I go for a run or something like that, I'll hear music that I love. But once I'm stretching and I've gone for my shower, I've forgotten who it was and I've moved on. So... How do we solve problems like those? (laughs) You've been very open about how much of a struggle this is. What do you need to change for you to achieve what you see in your head, what you feel in your heart? Well, I'd need financial support and I'd need a team and a team that has innovative ideas and that understands the music. So I suppose a solution that would help me find that team There's always ways to find musicians and stuff, but how do you find the right manager for you? How do you find the right social media type of person? How do you how do you find a strategist or or a business manager that can make the career actually work? I think that that's what I need. So maybe maybe a website that that helps with that side could be useful. 
I do think there are revenue opportunities outside of like you know streaming and stuff like that. I don't actually think the financial aspects can't be resolved in the current environment. One of the best ways probably to make money at the moment from music is getting your music synced to TV shows or adverts and things like that. I'm a little bit concerned about some emails that I've been receiving who are wanting me to give up my music for, you know, £15 a month or something like that. I'm like, that's not going to cut it, especially if I could go to Google and get 20 grand for three seconds on an advert, you know. It's not necessarily the financial aspect of the industry that needs changing. It's just how you get that support without having a zillion fake followers. The whole thing we've been discussing in the podcast is asking the question, what's the point? And what you've really, really zoned in on there is it's the very question which artists like yourself and many others, those who are aspiring to create great music, just having no idea how to go about it anymore and asking that very question, you know, what's the point? Mm. When you're driven by the passion as, as being an artist who wants to perform, it's, it must be horrendously frustrating. Yeah, but also it's such a gift because I have such a deep sense of knowing what I'm meant to be doing. Like, I have a friend that um, they were making lots of music and stuff like that and then traumas from the past came up and and they ended up having some mental health difficulties and and all sorts and I spoke to them and, and they hadn't written songs in, like, years. And I said to them, like, you're somebody that needs to write music. Like, no wonder your mental health right now is struggling if you aren't using that gift that you were given. Like, if you're given the gift of being able to, like, I, I mean, Dan, I, I'm, I think your gift is probably communicating, you know? If, if you didn't spend time communicating, then your sanity might suffer. And, and Anna is music, so if you weren't writing music, then I think your sanity would suffer. And I, I know what you say about taking breaks and stuff like that, and I think that's healthy as well, but... For me, 100% know that for me to stay sane and happy, I've got to be involved with music. Music's what I was born to do, and I'm lucky to know that. And I think that um, as much as it sometimes feels more like a curse than a (laughs) gift, it, it is definitely a gift to know what I need to do. Like Other people don't know how to process the way that the world hits them you know we all face challenges and mm. and i have somewhere to turn and and other people are still looking for that and they don't know what they're meant to do they don't know what they're destined to do so I alex for, for our aspiring artists what is the point of being an artist what is the point <laughs> There's no point. It's pointless. <laughs> don't, don't say that. <laughs> no, do, do, do. Um, Give it up now. Scrap the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think there's the point for yourself. You know, you have to be in this for yourself in some way. You have to be selfish enough to to stop everything else and come and make music and miss that birthday party or whatever because you're working on a song that really matters to you it has to mean something to you because the fact that you've got this gift and you've got this calling there's a reason for that and you've got to trust that but also it's that you're helping other people that small following that you might have or maybe even that big following but the the impact that you can have on somebody when they're having a bad day or a wedding or something like that those moments are so precious 
for other people and for you to connect with strangers all over the world is just such an unbelievable thing to be able to do so I think that's the point it's about connecting with yourself and connecting with others that's brilliant thank you very much it's been a real pleasure talking to you what's the point 